0: to the Constitutional's podcast. I'm your host Chad White. If you didn't know, this is a premier podcast for the website cpluscomedy.com, like I just said. It's a website. Go there. Let's be honest, guys. I've been struggling the past couple of weeks. But here we are. Do, doing this thing. Uh doing this thing is what is what is called the uh Constitutional's podcast. Oh boy, you know what I shouldn't have done. Uh but anyway, uh but one of the things I am uh, less struggling with is, uh, well, actually, no. I found I found this job that was a podcasting job. It's I swear to God, it's from a local NPR station. It's a podcasting job, producing job, and slash audio engineer, but it's mostly a podcast producer. They want and the and this local NPR station wants to create a uh, it's, it's a creative position, obviously, but they want to create podcasts that are based in Atlanta and and we're gonna send them out to the world. And also they do this story core for, um, I believe it is, uh, well, Georgia public broadcasting does story core too, uh, for all things considered anyway. So I really, I wanted this job. So I applied and then they said they want to sample of your work. I said, why not? Not what? Well, don't send them the constitutionals. Don't send them news time, uh, send them a brand new thing. So I created a new podcast. It's called, uh, the application. And it is not based around C+ plus comedy or anything under the this it was a mistake LLC umbrella. And that is what this company is called this was a mistake uh, LLC. That's what C because we can't write down C+ plus comedy on things. And so now we have this so we, I have this podcast that I've been doing every single day <laughs> ever since I applied. I just recorded episode two, uh, and I say it as if every single day, as if they're going to listen to it. But I will be doing episode three tomorrow. I'll be doing episode four on Friday. <laughs> oh my gosh! But here we are. Uh, now we're recording this. So I spent 20 minutes doing that. I spent 20 minutes recording that podcast. <laughs> 20. The first episode was 10 because it was written and it was very concise, and I knew what I wanted to do. But then this one, I was, I said, no, 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 show them what you really made of. <laughs> And I talked for twenty minutes straight. It got better towards the end. Like the first, I would say fifteen minutes. <laughs> now I'd say first twelve minutes. are me trying to be. Uh, I'm trying. I'm. I'm basically mimicking what I what I listened to on Up First or the One A podcast from WAMU, which is also an NPR podcast uh, over there in Washington. But I thought. <laughs> And, but uh, once you get to like minute 13 it's it's me just opening up i'm not editorializing the stories because i it is serious it's a serious thing so i'm doing this uh, seriously but i i just get in there and i go and i'm basically i'm basically uh shooting s that's what this is that's what this is all about uh so yeah so there we go so hopefully i get that job I'm gonna, and i swear to i'm gonna send it to them i'm gonna make one every single day uh and and until until i actually get the position I was nervous for the first time I was doing it I kept deleting I kept stopping and deleting it then audition crashed. I was like no I was like no I'm gonna do this I sat down for 20 minutes and did it let's get going on with this episode I'll probably tell you more about the application (laughs) you know I'll just tell you more about it now it's fine because I don't have any anything to talk about really oh I mean I do anyway I just had a stroke no no big deal it's a so it's a so the position is for audio engineer and pod and producer podcast uh but they really want to they really want to do this whole podcasting thing i think it's because mostly people or npr stations are seeing how 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 many listeners they're getting uh or MP, npr styled stations this this public radio stuff they're seeing how people are getting how they are getting these uh, listens and views like Two Double Queens is from WNYC and their public radio. They're not NPR, but they're public radio, and um, WAMU, of course, with 1A is is probably getting the biggest listens. And, and you know, all things considered, and and uh, Fresh Air and all of these all of these uh, dr- uh, driven podcasts, all of these niche podcasts are getting these listens. I say niche and Fresh Air is like the broadest thing, as is as are 1A and uh, and you know the other ones, but still. Uh, but like something like Two Dub Queens from WNYC or So Many White Guys, there are these niche podcasts that are just that are finding this focus on uh, in an area, and and people are loving it and they're listening to it, and they're flocking to it. So I decided to apply to this job. Um, I've been applying to little known fact I've been applying to WABE for years. And I have gotten nary a response. I call. But now, this time, I'm going to force my way in there. I'm going to go in there tomorrow. I'm going to call them. I'm going to text them, (laughs) email them. (laughs) That's not the way to apply for jobs, kids. So don't do that. Uh, But I really want this job. Uh, So anyway, let's move on to what I want to talk about. So uh, TV shows, you know, they always come up on. The Emmys happen. Let's talk about the Emmys really quick. Uh, There was one. It was a fine fine Emmys, uh, which is, you know, uh, fair and everything. There's a lot of reviews coming from, you know, Deadline and Variety, you know, the trades, uh, uh, Hollywood Reporter, and, and they're all reviewing like, oh, the Emmys was tepid and it wasn't good, blah, blah, blah. But I really, I thought it was a fine Emmys. You know, it's not the, I don't expect the best from something that is, that was, that is produced by uh by nbc or like a big award i don't expect that much from a big award show we got a surprise uh wedding what's it called bear's proposal Uh, a lot of but the the issue is i think the issue is and you can't say emmys are so white uh because it was a diverse picking this year but i think the issue is that there were a lot of there was there's not a there's a lot of stuff to watch. Uh, and B, I can hear a motorcycle outside. And B, there you probably heard it too. And B, uh, there were a lot of first timers up there, um, like Henry Winkler. I can I can just hear the world of Black Twitter just or uh, people of color Twitter just exploding because Henry Winkler beat um, I think it was Donald Glover and some other people for no sorry best supporting actor. It was Brian Tyree Henry. And Titus Burgess, but Henry Winkler has not gotten an Emmy. <laughs> He's been on TV for 40 years and he hasn't gotten an Emmy. So that was there we go. Uh, and then Rachel Brosnahan and uh, the entire team at Marvelous Ms. Maisel—they won four awards tonight. Uh, but but then again, I mean, diversity. When you want these diversity slots, they are for women too. They're not just for people of color. They're ju- they're they're for women as well. And those women happen to be white women. So, but I'm very happy that everything went. On without a hitch. I did have um, a lot of qualms, though. <laughs> it shouldn't. The uh, uh, I think okay. So one of the reviews said for uh, Michael Chan Colin Joe, who are weekend update hosts. They said that they were like they they were tepid. They didn't have as many hard. They they said they were at a place essentially saying that uh, Che and Jost uh, were more suited are more suited for their weekend update offering, which I don't think is the case. I think that. They did. I, I do feel that the jokes weren't as punchy or as hard hitting. And a lot of the SNL writers wrote on it. I noticed I watched the credits because I am a loser, <laughs> but Mikey day was there. Uh, he wrote on the, he wrote for the show and a few other SNL writers. I only noticed Mikey day. Cause I like Mikey day, but, uh, and, cause he's, he's deserved to be there. He's, he's been working his entire, gosh, he was on that Nick Cannon show. What's it called? Uh, wild and out. And he went to SNL. How many people did that? Him and Pete Davidson, Lil Rel Howery, Kevin Hart, uh, and some other people, they all exploded. And everybody, everybody's gone their separate ways now. It's insane. Anyway, going back. But I think change and Jost, and the show was also produced by Lauren Michaels because, of course, he's a mega producer over at NBC. So I think the issue is that they, the jokes weren't hard-hitting and also it was, and yeah, the jokes probably were more suited for Weekend Update. But uh i think honestly they should have started writing they should have started writing the show and not i'm not saying Chai and joe's but i'm saying the the writers and them I, I assume they could have only gotten together last month but they should have started writing it in may <laughs> You know, if we know who's gonna if we know who's gonna host the day we know who's gonna host, get the writers together and and don't even don't even get on text chain. Just start, uh, just put down who what what jokes we're gonna tell. Just start having them write uh, fake jokes every single week. Have them come together once a week via Skype or something. I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know. But that's how they get warmed up because I think the jokes did have a factor. They they the timing was great. The Fred Armisen and my um, Rudolph stuff was good. Uh, because I love a good callback, but the and like such as uh, Michael Chase, thank you Jesus, and uh, a bunch of people started thanking Jesus after that. But I think the issue is that it was just there was a factor of jokes, not not enough jokes and not enough frequency of jokes. Uh, one of the issues and uh, another one of the issues I had was I think that chain jokes they use them perfectly like they came in and we saw them a decent amount of times because when you're watching there, there's a whole kerfuffle kerfuffle of, of over chan joe's hosting and then it just kind of died down uh mostly and it was all, mostly brought up by one person <laughs> who is in charge of this nation and <laughs> and uh and so uh but but i uh but i think the but they they use them they utilize them to the fullest uh once you're when you're watching the monologue uh you you i, I when i was watching the monologue i thought oh well this is well only you're gonna see them for 10 minutes and then they're gonna disappear they're gonna come back and introduce you know tell some jokes sometimes and then introduce other people uh that's that's generally how hosting works and i think that Chanjo did a fine job uh and uh but what but glenn weldon over at NPR pop. No, not, it wasn't Glenn Weldon. That was a wholly different episode. Uh, but the pop culture happy hour over at NPR, the podcast, they said, one of the issues was that they saw, we saw Chanjos too much. Uh, I disagree. Like I said, I think we saw them just enough. I, I just think that they didn't leave. A, they last They left they, you're going to leave a lasting mark one way or the other. Either you are really funny or you're not really funny. And NPR pop culture happy hour thought they were not really funny. Um, And I guess if I'm kind of pigeonholing myself into that, then I think, you know, they were they were God, I don't want to say that they were really funny. I thought they were funny. Uh, But I do think that they should have just gotten gotten the team together and wrote some jokes a month or two beforehand instead of, you know, what I assume is just the month or weeks beforehand. Uh, But the Emmys are hard. Producing a show like that is hard. Uh, SNL should not have won for best variety show. Come on, guys. Uh, best comedy, of course, was Marvelous Ms. Maisel. And then uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones has been off the, air, off the air for a year and some change, and I'm surprised that it's still held up um, in, the, in its category. Bill Hader looks surprised like he shouldn't have won the uh, comedy actor category. He did a good job, too. I like that show. Barry's a really good show. Watch Barry. is a very fun show. I don't know if I wrote a review for it. I don't remember because I stopped writing reviews. <laughs> uh, Regina King, seven seconds. Even though that was canceled, she won. Just a whole bunch of things if you didn't watch the show then you know you're you're not missing much uh john Milady won for variety special you know there's other ones out there <laughs> and then glenn weiss proposed to was uh future girl his future wife ex-girlfriend future wife <laughs> but speaking of fred Armisen and my rudolph i started watching the amazon prime show forever it is a very good show Created by. I've only seen the first episode, first couple of episodes. But Alan Yang and Matt Hubbard created the show. Uh, it's very dry. It has if if you're not gonna if you're not gonna like it if you don't uh, have that type of humor. But Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph play this couple who are just going through the ruts, uh, and it is it's 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 kind of tough to watch because you're kind of from the first episode you're gonna see kind of a, a relationship go down the drain. Uh, BoJack Horseman, of course, returned to Netflix. It's I'm having a good time with it. Again, one to two episodes a day, uh, not much. It's more BoJack Horseman, uh, basically telling the same jokes. I'm not going to lie. Moving on. This is a story that came out literally the, di- the minute after I posted <laughs> this podcast uh, last week. But uh, HBO had. This is from Slashfilm. HBO Head calls Netflix the Walmart of streaming. Tease is another new streaming service. Here's the issue. I know what this person means, but I don't think it came out right. Now, it's not a head that's been here for a long time. This is an AT- AT&T CEO. Uh, this is Randall Stevenson. He's literally had HBO in his pocket within the past couple of months. Uh, Stevenson said, this is a quote from Variety, AT&T is looking to launch a new directing to consumer model for Warner Media, the former time Warner, uh, built around the Warner Bros. content library, including content from HBO and Turner Sports. The company plans to reveal more details of the new direct-to-consumer streaming plans in the fourth quarter of 2018. And this is what he said about Netflix. <laughs> HBO is a very, very unique asset. I think of Netflix. Uh, uh, HBO. I think of Netflix uh, kind of as the Walmart of uh, brackets subscription video on demand services. HBO is kind of the Tiffany. <laughs> that is the rudest thing to say about one of the most popular services in the world. Uh, but I understand what he's saying. He was saying that Netflix is for which is also this is a bad. What I'm about to say. Netflix is for everybody, for the layman. Tiffany is uh, Netflix is for the for the for the guy who can't afford <laughs> to pay all his bills at once. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany's for the guy who wants to treat his woman right for the rest of his life I think that that's I think that's what he's saying he's saying that uh, Netflix is a Honda Accord whereas HBO is um, a Lambo or a Bentley I think at one point I said uh, Netflix when I meant to say HBO but anyway yes uh, <laughs> this is a very funny thing <laughs> uh, Ben Pearson at Slash Film uh, dug up the numbers for both Tiffany and and for Walmart, but here's here's what he said. First, Walmart is actually planning large on streaming service, which will presumably feature nothing. Oh, okay. But uh, so Walmart is uh, planning some streaming service. We're gonna see that at some point, uh, which I which is I, voodoo. Just you have voodoo anyway. Second, as many as many have already pointed out, Walmart had uh, reports four hundred eighty six billion dollars in revenue last year compared to Tiffany and Company's four point two billion. That is four hundred eighty four billion more. Walmart gets that much more money. Uh, so, <laughs> that, I mean, that's just, I think that's very odd. And it's, uh, you know, HBO and Netflix tied for Emmys won this past week, even though Netflix eclipsed HBO by about, how many Emmys was it? 10, something like that. I don't remember. Oh, Netflix had 112 nominations while HBO had eight. So four, four, but, They tied in the end, uh, mostly because of Godless, a show that I did not even know existed. But I think it's very strange to come out and attack the most popular streaming service because they are competing with. And again, I'm not I'm not one to say, oh, yeah, I love like I love going to Netflix. No, I don't even have a favorite streaming service. I spend a lot of time on Hulu, but that's because that's where a lot of the shows I watch are. I spend a lot of time on Netflix. I spend a lot of time on Amazon. You know, it's really funny. We there are there are the three major streaming services. You can spend $22 cuz it's 13 13 for Amazon, 13 for Netflix or 12 for Netflix and then 8 for Hulu if you if you want commercials. And which I'll get to in a second. But and we spend that much. You can spend under $25. Under thirty in total. If you get all the HDS and no commercials for Hulu, you can spend under thirty or a little over thirty dollars. You can have all the TV of the world, and we still complain, and we're still over here just being the worst people. But I got uh, Hulu with live TV in order to watch the Emmys. Uh, let me tell you, compared to, com- <laughs> with Xfinity, internet is the worst because it's always jittery on live TV. I dislike it. But I like the service. I like. I don't like. I don't like Xfinity. But I love Hulu with Live TV. So I have. To, I have that for another week until <laughs> until I unsubscribe because <laughs> forty dollars is a lot <laughs> for for someone like myself. Uh, but moving on, Conan O'Brien announced that the late night archive will be coming to you online. That's f- so. I have so four thousand episodes from his late from his late night years. Four thousand episodes. The archive is coming. This is uh, after. This is from the 25th anniversary uh, that happened last week. Conan uh, said that, I think it's just going to be late night with Conan O'Brien. I don't know what happens to The Tonight Show. <laughs> These, what, the eight months that he was there? So the archive is going to be released in January 2019. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a website. I don't know if it's going to be some type of YouTube situation. Who knows? But he announced it in a video... So hopefully, and and you know, coincidentally, I've been watching a bunch of old Conan remotes and old bits from his late night days. So who knows? Hopefully, it'll be a YouTube channel of some sort. That's what I'm thinking. I, th- I that's what I would love for the Carson people to do. There are so many things I've heard about Johnny Carson that I just you just can't find a line anymore. Like you, they have select clips on the, their YouTube channel, and some people upload a bunch of clips of him. Uh, but you just don't they don't have that there's there's no way to to have a bunch of old Carson stuff I would love to see some stuff I watched uh, one of my favorite clips is uh Don Rickles comes out in the middle and he interrupts an interview that Carson had with uh uh Frank Sinatra and i think I think that's like one of the that's one of the best that's one of the best things that could happen, is have a king of comedy interrupt the king of swing. But moving on. Mikey Day, Melissa Senor, and Alex Moffat. Speaking of SNL, they have been promoted. They're now repertory players. Heidi Gardner and Chris Redd, of course, are still not, they're still featured players, but they've only been there a year. So I wouldn't expect them to, you know, graduate. Uh, Luke Knoll's not coming back, of course. I think, I think I was doing this podcast when, it, uh, when that news broke. I'm excited for them. I love Mikey Day and Melissa and Alex. They're very funny. Uh, you, know, you know what? SNL could, they probably don't even need, I mean, of course they could, they could stand to get some more featured players, but they don't even really need to hire more people again, which I doubt they will, but who knows? They could hire somebody right now. Oh, Adam Driver and uh, Kanye West are going to be this week's, this year's, this year's uh, opener, season, season beginner, season opener is what I meant to say. Now, yesterday, I I wonder if they're going to have Alec Baldwin uh, come back. I really hope they don't. I like Alec. I just hope he doesn't come back. We don't need any more of that. Uh, but so yesterday, I did a I had a little uh a little part time part time gig. I did I don't I don't know how much I could say because I did sign an NDA. There's it's so strange because within the past year I've signed like four NDAs, which is uh not how not how I thought twenty eighteen would go. I went from signing zero NDA. Actually no I signed one NDA for the dating show. A very long when I when we shot it a very long time ago, uh, and that was really and I was so afraid. I remember I was so afraid to sign that NDA. I thought, oh my god, if I say anything about this, I'm going to get in so much trouble. And then I, and then I ended up you know telling uh, just like one or two people, and nothing happened. <laughs> but these other NDAs, no, I haven't. No, I have. I have not said anything. <laughs> Uh, no, but my most recent one, I did a little, uh, background work on a TV show on a upcoming TV show on a network. (laughs) I was going to say the network and then I did, uh, on a network. Uh, and, and, uh, I got, I had to play, uh, some type of gang member, which when you look at me, look at what I'm wearing. If you're watching the video, you can see what I'm wearing. I don't look like a gang member. (laughs) I am your uncle dressed for easter sunday <laughs> easter sunday uncle that's what that's what would be my new nickname easter sunday uncle that sounds like that sounds like a rap name but it also sounds like the first l p not a not a mixtape the first l p <laughs> in in my in my catalog do you guys hear easter sunday uncle you hear his. a his first album i was going to say posthumous but that's not, that's what it is that means that means i died yeah did you see did you hear that posthumous album from uncle easter easter sunday uncle it was not good it was 90s rap but it was really slow walking down the street having a good time <laughs> that's how it's going to be that's me easter sunday uncle that's the title of this episode. I don't care. Easter just Sunday uncle. Uh, but I did play a gang member, and uh, they took, I have I have a tiny little, I have twists in my hair, because I have a little sponge, and I sponge it up, and uh, they, the makeup lady got mad at me. She's like, when you work with us, she didn't get mad. It was more of a frustration. we you work with us, you pick out your hair. You don't, you don't, you come with a frog. I was like, okay. She started picking out my hair. With the tiniest pick in the world, it's just like two prongs, just picking it out. I felt naked and afraid. Is that show still going? I don't care. I've never seen it. I should really get back to making more podcasts for this stupid thing. <laughs> uh, let's see what else happened. Oh, I tried to rent, so I have so I, I rent games instead of buying them because that it's seven dollars over the weekend in lieu of60 dollars. And trying to beat it before and turn it back in. I have a friend that that does that. He'll like he'll 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 buy a game and then he'll all week he'll play it and it'll beat it. And it'll return it to GameStop or wherever he bought it from. I just don't want to do that. I like to take my time. So I rented Spider-Man when it came out the weekend it came out. Had it for three days. Um, I fairly got into it. Got into a fairly deep. I think I mentioned this last week. And now this past weekend I couldn't uh, rent because. Redbox says my account's not in good standing. I returned the game. It was in the case. I don't do the printing thing. I'm always afraid renting from Redbox because I think, cause a lot of people post the pictures of, they'll just get like a paper disc a- inside there. And, and it's just a piece of paper that has the QR code and all that stuff on there. I'm afraid that that will happen to me. Like I'll spend the $7 or the $2, the $3 for the Blu-ray. Cause I'm not, uh, I'm not homeless. And, <laughs> And then I'll like I'll look at it and it'll just be this this paper thing. And it scares me. What do you think of this idea? I wrote this idea down. <laughs> I, I really don't like talking about my ideas, but I wrote this down. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, but then the, but the kid kills the dad and they have to spend all of Christmas trying to resurrect him. <laughs> I think I might write that. That might be a, some type of short story or some, some type of script. Maybe I'll get back into stand-up. I'm think, that's what I'm thinking about doing. I've, I already have two bit ideas down. But they're not necessarily... They're funny when I thought about them and I wrote them down because I remember laughing and thinking, this is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> and now that I look at it a week removed, I'm thinking, you know, maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? But I had a good time yesterday. There was a lot of, a lot of craft food. Uh, and let me tell you, if you've never had craft food, oh boy, you're missing out. Free food. I sat, so I sat, actually, you know, I could probably just describe to you my day before, uh, for the next couple of minutes. I So I got there around uh, noon 30, right down the street from me, which is amazing, right near uh, Ted Turner Drive. <laughs> Getting really specific about where I live. <laughs> no, I, right near Ted Turner Drive, um, at, near uh, Turner Field. And we were, I should not have said that because now I think I broke the idea. Whatever, who cares? Uh, It wasn't really, it was We So we drove down to to South Atlanta. So we drove from there to South Atlanta to uh, what would be defined as the hood. (laughs) And we shot there, I swear on my life. And there was this guy who was, and there's a lot of white people living in the hood too. It was really strange. Uh, And (laughs) there's this guy who I would chalk up uh, this next bit of info. I think he had some type of mental disability, but there's this guy who had his shirt off, and I assume he lived with his, his mom and his uh, dad, but they were like, you know, two elderly people. And their younger son, they were watching us uh, shoot this thing, this TV show. And uh, at some point, so we're maybe like an hour into shooting. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like an hour into shooting. And this guy starts screaming at the top of his lungs. He's like the, the assistant director is the one in charge right now and he starts screaming. Uh the guy starts screaming, uh F you cut, cut, action, action, sound, roll. <laughs> and then and I assume his mom or somebody on the crew or his mom uh was were like hey, be quiet, shh be quiet. He's like, b." <laughs> and it was and i thought oh my gosh this guy what happens what happens if he attacks one of the 50 people that are out here shooting this thing it's very very curious but we had to pretend smoke uh joints we had to pretend smoke cigarettes uh let me tell you it does not taste good <laughs> you know i'm not one to, to to do that stuff in the first place but Jesus this fake stuff was he's like herbal cigarette you just sitting there like, it just goes into your throat and it makes you want to cough up a lung. So that's how regular smoking works. But anyway, craft table is great. A lot of free food. <laughs> Some candy too. But you know me, I have an issue with eating after people. Actually, I don't know if I've ever talked about this ever in my entire life. I have an issue with eating after people. I Like when I was at NBC, we used to get free food, I would say, once a week. Uh, from somebody, either they send it to us or NBC buys it for us. And like pizza or salad or Moe's or, you know, just just burgers or donuts, you know, cookies, weird, just the freest, freest of weirdest of foods. And I would never like at first, because this is when I realized I did not like eating after people. So I started when I first started working there, I would, I would start, I would eat the food and stuff. One day I got a sore throat. And then I said, I'm never going to eat, you know, after people again. And I, I stopped. And of course the sore throat stopped. Uh, which makes sense because people are disgusting. And when you see people just touch things with their hands and they cough and they don't cover their mouths and, and that does pass germs. Okay. Coughing, no matter what passes germs, anything that happens passes germs. All right. I understand that, but I like to, I like to keep my sanity by, uh, not doing that, but not partaking in stuff, uh, that I need to, that, that will get me sick. And so that's why I don't get after. And then also, I I, I would say maybe around the same time, about two year, two and a half years ago, I, I was at the gym and at my old gym and I saw this guy and I could point out the guy to this day. I saw this guy walk over to the water fountain, take a sip. He like took a sip with some water and then he's without moving his head. He spits the water back into the fountain. Which I immediately said I will never use another public water fountain. I never used public water fountains in the first place. But if it was at the gym, I assumed it was gonna be clean. But now I would never use that because I saw that guy I saw that guy do that. And I could I could go back to that gym today and go, it was him. <laughs> I could it was a white man, gray hair, uh, skinny build. I could go I could point him out right now. And you know what? I that just narrowed down the population to about seven billion. There's about seven billion people on this planet. <laughs> All white men. <laughs> That's how I seize it. All white men. Listen, we've been going for half an hour, so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this off. Uh, if you like this, why don't you head on over to C where there's some stuff. You can also follow us on Twitter at CplusComedy. follow me on Twitter, at Chad Black White, like us on Facebook, go to the webpage youtube.com slash C plus Comedy to watch a video version of this podcast, as well as their premiere show, News Time, which is a weekly entertainment news show that takes a hard-hitting look at the dumbest of news. <laughs> this past week's episode was about the Creative Arts Emmys. And let me tell you, I, I have had a lot of hard times writing News Time episodes this was the hardest news time episode to write because there are no, there's no information on how the Emmy started. There's no information on how the Creative Emmy started. Now we know how we basically know how the the Emmy started. They started in the 1940s. Uh, they were Los Angeles locals only, and and they handed out the awards. And, and There's like ten of them, and then they blossomed into this. But the Creative Arts Emmys. And that's pretty much all the information you're going to get and the history and location all that stuff. But that's like it's it's, it would have barely if I did an episode based solely on the Emmys, it would not have lasted uh, two minutes. And then the creative arts Emmys. There's no information. There's zero information. Uh, Same thing for the sports Emmys, uh, daytime Emmys, all these Emmys. There's no information on how this got started. It was really tough. And uh, eventually, I wrote I wrote about five minutes worth of material, and I realized this is nothing. This is not going to work. Uh, I wrote a very long <laughs> cold open that was about two minutes long, and and that took up most of the episode. So there you go. So watch it at your own risk. I do think the cold open is really good, <laughs> and I talk about the creative arts series, and I and I and I willfully mentioned mention that there's nothing that I can do in this episode. So check it out. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. I'm going to hang up now. Bye.